I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. You've just tuned in to Rebel Wellness, the podcast that's here to revolutionize your approach to personal health and well-being. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I'm thrilled to have you join our Rebel community. In a world that's saturated with fleeting diet trends and unrealistic beauty standards, we believe it's time for serious change. Our mission is simple yet profound, to empower women like you to break free from the confines of today's diet culture and embrace a holistic approach to health that's sustainable for the long haul. If you're like me, you're here to embrace the concept that true well-being encompasses every facet of your life, mind, body, and soul. Rebels believe in aligning our journey with our individual needs and values because a one-size-fits-all approach just simply doesn't cut it anymore. This podcast is your safe space to explore the depths of wellness guided by myself, experts, real-life stories, and genuine commitment to your growth. You're here to begin your transformative journey, and it's time to discover your own version of balance in your health. Every week when you tune into Rebel Wellness, we'll learn, grow, and rebel against the polarizing outdated norms to finally achieve lasting vitality and joy. Because that sounds pretty great, right? Your journey starts now, and I am so excited that you're here. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of our Strength in September series. I really wanted to hit this topic today because it's a perfect follow-up from last episode. If you did not listen to episode 38, uh, which is the replay from the self-love episode, I encourage you highly to go back and listen to that one and see if any of that resonates with you. Because if you don't establish inner strength, it's going to make it really hard for you to access today's topic. So I really wanted to mention that because not only do I absolutely love that episode, I also know that it is kind of key for today's topic. But today's topic is kind of the cherry on top of a lot of the mindset and inner work that I think is super, super, super key to success long-term with changing your honestly changing your life for the long term. But as always, if you are new here, welcome to my podcast. I am so glad you're joining me. And if you haven't connected with me further on social media, I am currently on Instagram at coachedbykales, as well as Rebel Wellness Podcast. And I am really excited to share with you guys some new content that is going to be kind of coming out now. I am, I guess I've been behind the curve with some of the recording me talking while recording my podcasts. So I finally have some um, more hot clips from some of the best quotes from episodes that I have put together for you guys. And so those are going to be launching. So don't miss them. Definitely go to Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram and hit that follow button. I'd love to see you connect. I've been seeing several of you pop in and following both of those pages and I'm not familiar with your name. So that's how I know that you're a newbie and you found me from a podcast. So hello, I am so, so happy that you connected with me. One more thing I would love to say is if you would like to be a part of my email newsletter list, I am launching some new things here coming soon. 
for the first time ever. And if you want to be part of that original crew, join my newsletter list at coachkales.com and that'll be your best way to join us. And there's some fun things on the way. Okay, so today's topic is very, very important. And it honestly is actually down to the science of like psychological science and longevity, what separates the people that live longer, happier, and more satisfied lives and healthier lives than those who don't. And but it's not a 50-50 thing. Like honestly, there's only like maybe 10% of people who live healthy, long, happy lives. <laughs> and then there's a very large group that doesn't. That's not the perfect statistics, but that is a lot of like, if we think about it from even our own communities, there's definitely a smaller percentage of people who just seem to be like having their shit together. You know what I mean? Like they're just like bad things happen to them and they're kind of like, it is what it is. I'm going to get through it, you know? And then there's a lot of people who are like, my life is over. This sucks. Everything's raining on me. And, you know, <laughs> like there's a lot of different ways. And then there's some people who are completely indifferent. But at the same time, I just wanted to have a real quick pep talk chat about resilience in life, but further wellness resilience in life, because there's something that kind of gets missed in this topic. And I think most like life coach people and stuff will talk a lot about just resilience in general. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that too, but more so I want to focus today on how you can prioritize and strengthen your own personal wellness resilience. I don't think that's actually a like coined term, but I'm going to coin it right now. Maybe it already has, who knows, but I'm going to use it today um, just to basically encompass specifically around foundations, habits, and mindsets that are wellness-based. So your overall well-being specifically, not like resilience and business and things like that. But a lot of this honestly will like bleed into those things in your life. And that's what makes you have a more sustained, longer, happier, healthier life. Okay. So before I talk a little bit about my own personal wellness resilience journey, I wanted to share like a little clip and quote that I randomly stumbled upon when looking up Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Cause my fiance and I recently watched like two movies that had him in it. And one of them, I can't remember. It's a, it's a recent movie and I'm trying to think of who the heck or what the heck it was called. But anyways, Pierce Brosnan was in it still looking like a silver fox. And we were like, how old is he? And he's, I think he's 71 now. He's in his seventies. And I was like, dang, like if I look like that in my seventies, that's like JLo in her fifties, you know? So, but we also then later watched, um, Mrs. Doubtfire. And I forgot that he is the love interest for the ex-wife in that movie. So, um, we were just kind of like Googling his background history and it actually was a really fascinating story about his life. I had no idea that he had such a profound kind of life change. So I wanted to share something from that article I read about him because it was something very, very correlated to having a resilience mindset. So the thing we were kind of looking up is like, how the heck did he age so well? Like, why does he look so young? Like he still kind of looked like maybe early 60s to us, not 70s. And apparently whoever wrote this article wanted to interview him about that as well. But 
Apparently, his first wife died of ovarian cancer, and then his daughter also died from the same um, cancer several years later. So he's lost like his entire family in his early life. And he went into like really deep depression and grief, like as you'd expect, like as all of us would go through. And then went on kind of a soul searching kind of journey because he wanted to get out of this funk. And he, interestingly enough, turned to like the therapeutic qualities of painting to help him like grow out of this grief that he was experiencing. And I'm sure there was a lot more to it than just painting, but it was through that mode of kind of stress management or um, just kind of mental health reframing and such that he was able to rebuild his life and found love again and everything. He has a second wife now. Um, But the approach that he credits to his physical youth and mental youth and just good health in general is this. And I'm going to read his quote. I think I found good faith in my life and good faith in myself. You just have to be, you have to have good faith. You're going to suffer one way or the other. You're going to. It's truly unavoidable. And so you just have to know that the days will get better. And you just have to endure whatever pain has been given to you and then put it down and try to do a good thing. And so he's essentially kind of talking about how he is just continually moving forward, putting down the pain from his past and looking forward to the next thing to get through whatever obstacles he comes across and just stays in a more positive mindset and focuses on things that bring him joy and that he loves, etc., And it's not in a way of toxic positivity because he not at all is stating like, just be happy, just smile, you know, blah, blah, blah. He literally is just saying that you kind of just have to let things go and move forward, but focus on the things that support your joy, support your happiness, you know, and not just with him. They also did several psychology studies on this concept And when they looked through some of the blue zones, like the remote regions where people live into like centennial zones or basically anything farther past 85 years old, they found that the three top personality traits that were in common with everybody who was at the uh, top age and were living and happy and thriving and healthy was positivity, stubbornness, and strong work ethic. So like grit. And a lot of people might think of stubbornness as like a negative trait, but in reality, it's another aspect to resilience because you have to be stubborn enough to want to keep going, to want to keep moving forward, to get through whatever obstacle you are facing, you know? And not only that, if you can bring into the mix positivity as much as possible and a really good work ethic you're most likely going to be able to be resilient to anything that you face in life because people who lived up to their 90s to 100 or so, like they've been through so many seasons of the world, like the world that has happened ever since 1900s to to now has had a lot of significant strife and other significant events that are not necessarily easy to deal with and would potentially put many people, which it did put many people into depression, PTSD, you know, a whole bunch of different mental health challenges like that, and just literal physical challenges. Like when, I mean, the reason why all of our grandparents, I mean, I'm speaking about my grandparents, I just turned 30. So like my grandma was 
1932, all of her recipes and her habits of like hoarding things and having these really cheap like lentil-based and rice-based recipes were because she lived through the depression and just literally life was harder to get enough like good quality food on the table. So you had to get really savvy and figure things out and get your family through, you know? And so anyways, I'm not trying to go on too big of a tangent there, but it's just really important to kind of put into perspective before we talk about more of the wellness resilience that in life in general, you focusing on protecting your own mindset and foundational habits might just be what separates you from having a more miserable, possibly shorter lifespan or more riddled with disease or things like that, or a happier, stronger, more balanced and rooted life for a longer lifespan, you know? So it's just important to kind of put that into perspective for yourself and really observe, does that stuff matter to you? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people who would rather just do the whole like live fast, die young thing. But if you're somebody who's been listening to my podcast or follows me in general, you know that I'm here to play the long game and enjoy life to the fullest as much as I can. And not everything's going to be perfect and living your best life, quote unquote, 24 seven, but you can live your best life 24 seven. If you're in the mindset where day-to-day things and challenges don't derail you and that they don't make you completely hate your life and you know, treat others in our society worse just because things are harder for you. You know, that's another aspect that I see kind of declining a lot in my own personal experience, like especially here in California, like everyone's on the defense, like 24 seven, like you can accidentally pull out in front of somebody and they like flip you off, get mad, tailgate you, like all these horrible things. And it's just like, dude, I'm sorry. I I literally accidentally pulled out in front of you. I had no idea. And then it like messes up your day, you know, and people are just spreading so much negativity and there's so much polarization and I'm not going to get deep into that, but I just really want to encourage you to be part of the difference, like be part of the change and be a better human. Because if we can maintain and grow more of these like resilient and conscientious <laughs> um, humans that really are thinking of how to preserve their own happiness and well-being and knowing that their community doing the same is going to support them in that same way is super key. So I hope that some of that stuck with you and that you kind of understand it. And if you needed to pause it for a second or rewind it and think about it again, go for it. But I really wanted to set the table with that concept and chat because everybody knows Kales likes to get a little philosophical once in a while. I, I, I just dig those concepts, especially I totally didn't realize I would get kind of a profound thought to ponder on from looking up how come Pierce Brosnan looks really young still. (laughs) But let me tell you, I was very happy to hear it wasn't just because of a ton of plastic surgery and fancy creams that us commoners cannot afford. (laughs) It was literally an internal work he did. And it's internal work that you will do that will also get you to that point if that is what you want. Okay, so what exactly do I equate as wellness resilience? Well, it's all those things I just talked about because obviously those foundational mindsets and core values, I would say, are really important for you to have if you want to access wellness resilience as well. But more so specifically, you can choose your own foundational habits and rituals 
in a wellness space that matter the most to you. And I always kind of think of them as picking out core values, but in the form of habits that I always keep in my little foundational part of my little life pyramid that I have in my brain (laughs) and that I like to try to teach to clients and such as well. So I'm going to share it with you. But if I didn't have these and I didn't establish these in my early 20s, I would definitely not be where I am now. And of course, as years went on, I established better ones or actually filled in some of the little blank spots that weren't fulfilled, such as like better stress management techniques and such, because unfortunately, they don't really teach us that in school, even though we spend the first 20 years of our life in school. And I quickly realized that every time I went through something stressful, something traumatic, something that derailed me from my usual routine, which was often, I went back to my foundational habits to get myself back on track, to get myself back to feeling better, to get myself back into a better headspace, so on and so forth. So I can't stress enough how important it is for you to at least acknowledge and um, identify your foundational habits and rituals, maybe write them down. Um, You can always pause this chat and write down some things that either I say that sound good to you or things for yourself that you think would be things that you already do that you know are part of your foundational uh, wellness habits already. But that'll be really key for you because then you can think about it on your own anytime you hit a big obstacle. And that's where you're truly going to become more resilient because you have a plan. You have something to fall back on that's going to take care of you or at least take care of you baseline until you can get out and back on your more robust, consistent wellness routine. And actually, it's really interesting too, because I've had a lot of clients, especially those last couple of years, where I've had to help them work through their foundational habits in the wellness resilience space. By default of us like needing to explore what is the bare minimum that you can do that is still going to help you stay relatively on track or stay as in the best physical space as possible to not be super inflamed from really bad food and tired, fatigued and make the rest of your performance and whatever it is that you're dealing with that's taking up most of your bandwidth right now so that you're failing all around, you know, because a lot of us will like hit that. We'll hit like burnout, we'll hit family trauma or challenges that we didn't expect. And then we just kind of bonk out for a huge chunk of time. And we really don't have to. It is natural if you do. So I'm not going to discount that. But at the same time, establishing your foundations is what's really going to help you get yourself out of there. And it really was key for a lot of my clients when they've been going through some serious challenges with one of them had a parent that suddenly needed to be like in a full-time care home and was temporarily in and out of the hospital. And then, so they had to go take care of them. And it was just like, I'm literally not sleeping right now. I literally can't meal prep. I literally can't go to the gym. Like, what do I do? You know? And I've had other clients where it's just like, I literally have, I'm going to stop saying literally. I have so much stress managing my two children. I can't get any rest, you know, same kind of stuff. Any obstacle in life really just takes away from our health. And the the bad, the really, really, really bad thing we have in our society is we wayside all of our foundational health habits first. And we almost wear it like a badge of honor. Like we are very noble 
to be like, well, I'm not going to take care of myself because there's all this other stuff going on, or I have to take care of other people. So I can't take care of myself. And that's literally the worst thing you could ever do. And the worst example you could set for anybody else in your life. Like it's not cute. And I've mentioned this before. And in my, in my opinion, especially as I've gotten wiser around people who are like self-sacrificial, it becomes almost a little narcissistic because they're just really, really looking for this acceptance and praise for being so extra humble and sacrificing their health and their everything that is innately theirs and has no reason to be sacrificed (laughs) for other people. And it's really, really, really important that you understand that that is very old fashioned. That is super classic capitalistic (laughs) workplace kind of mentality. And you taking care of yourself, prioritizing yourself is not selfish. It's never selfish. And selfishness is not innately bad either. We all need to be a little bit of selfish or a lot of bit of selfish, especially if we've neglected ourselves for a long term, in order to really become the best version of ourselves that becomes the best version for the rest of our family and our community and more. So we see the worst parts of ourself come out when we constantly neglect ourselves. So make sure that you understand that you sacrificing all your health habits and needs as a human being that you were born, you have a birthright to, you sacrificing those things is not helping anybody and especially not helping you. So I know you think it is, but it's really not. And everybody would love to see you take better care of yourself. So this is your absolute permission to start changing your schedule and your priorities to prioritize yourself a little bit more. Even if it's baby steps, even if it's just little tiny things that you're finally taking back into your your calendar that are for you, taking time back for yourself. And it's okay to do literally nothing. You know, sometimes you can spend an entire day just being a potato on a lounge chair, you know, (laughs) or on your couch or in your bed, you know, that's okay. It's a birthright. Leisure is a birthright. And Other countries totally get that, but we seem to really miss the mark there. So I would say that that aspect of some leisure is kind of part of my foundational wellness resilience because it helps me take back some of the chaos or not really take it back, but pause some of the chaos and take back some of my time for me. And if I don't give myself space and I can see it And things like if my house starts to become chaotic, if there's dishes in the sink for more than a day, and if stuff is just a mess, if my laundry is not put away, something's off. I'm not giving myself enough space to take care of my baseline needs as a human, you know? And some people might be like, oh, well, like the laundry can wait. I've got other things I got to do. I got to work, you know? Eh, you know, you should really be taking care of all the like things that shouldn't take that much effort and time out of your life. And again, too, like you could pay somebody else to do that for you, or maybe ask your partner or whatnot, or maybe delegate some chores to your children if they're old enough, you know, but simultaneously, if there's things that are really important to you that you like to keep in your day to day that you like to do for yourself, maybe it's a longer skincare routine, maybe it's an occasional bath. If you're starting to sacrifice that and you can't remember the last time you did it, you should really take some time back. Take some time back for yourself. And that is one of the best ways you can remain resilient because you realize that the world is going to keep happening around you no matter what, with or without you. And I know that that's going to sound really aggressive, but it's the truth. There's so many countless times that I'll just like sit in a forest. Like we were up in where my childhood cabin was up in the forest near South Lake Tahoe 
for my birthday a couple weekends ago. And I was just sitting out on the porch trying to just be present and exist. And I was observing the trees swaying in the wind and all that kind of stuff. And I can't help but think every time I experience things like that, that like this calmness right now, this like stillness is happening at the same time as my chaotic life when I'm back in the Bay Area hustling around with clients and all that kind of stuff. It's still somewhere else. It's still happening, you know, and whether or not I'm showing up to work, it's still happening. (laughs) Am I experiencing that every day? No. Should I experience it every day? Probably not necessarily because I do love what I do. But at the same time, like everywhere you go and what you do is really dictated towards what your current existence is and where your peace is. If you don't have a lot of peace with yourself. You're probably going to be chaos all the time, trying to fill your time with something because you don't really want to be sitting in silence and observing yourself, you know, or just being present in nature, you know, and nature is like the best place to be present. So if you haven't done that in a long time by yourself or whatever, I really encourage you to go do that because it can be not only medicine for the soul, but also help you take that foundational wellness space to recenter yourself and really work through some things that maybe are bogging your brain down and just be still, you know, being still is a skill. (laughs) And a lot of people are just trained to believe that being still is lazy. Being still is possibly selfish. You know, I don't know what you were taught, but if being still freaks you out because it used to freak me out and it still kind of does a little bit, but I have to like keep smacking myself around. Maybe you should explore that more. The next parts though of my own personal foundational habits that keep me resilient are I triage these needs first. So the first, first, first thing besides having space for myself is sleep quality and hydration. If I can't do anything else, I make sure that I'm at least getting the best sleep quality I can and hydrating enough because those are like They're very basic. They seem like kind of boring and lame, you know, but that's because they are so key. Like a human body just needs that and it will feel a million times better than crazy supplements, eating perfectly, eating clean, whatever, doing crazy Peloton spins or crazy CrossFit workouts. You know, your body is going to feel worse, honestly, if you do all those things in priority to good sleep quality and good hydration. So for me, I always prioritize those things. First, if that's if that's the only thing that I can do, then I also next tack in meal quality towards my 80% balance. So I try my best to constantly eat a good quality protein, a healthy fat, and a good source of fiber or starch, so a carb. And I try to make sure that I have three square meals a day sometimes some snacks. It really depends on it, but I always make sure I have protein in every meal. That's what works the best for me because I am an active person. I do have more muscle than the average female. So I need that. I'm hungrier. My metabolism is working a lot faster than most. So that is really a part to my second part of my foundational rituals. 
Then I also make sure that I am walking at least daily a little bit, or at least have enough steps, which basically is walking, but it's not like a specific activity, like going out on a walk. I like to always prioritize like one walk, at least the pandemic really exacerbated that. (laughs) I think everybody started to be like, I need my daily walk, especially in Oregon, because like, we don't get sunshine up there, you know, and anytime it was sunny, I felt like I was robbing my life of like one little treat of the day when I didn't go out and walk outside. But I at least try to hit as many steps as I can, like at least 7,000 a day to keep my blood circulating, help my blood sugar and help my mood in general, honestly. So those are like my baseline foundational things. And then if I can, something that I always keep in my routine is some sort of weightlifting or a more intensive activity at least two times a week. So If I have so much going on that I can't do anything else, I at least make sure I prioritize my sleep, my hydration, most of my meals as best as I can control, especially focusing on higher protein. I make sure I can get walks in and try to keep my activity up a little bit higher. And I make sure that I can at least resistance train or get my heart rate up for a little bit more of a significant spike at least two times a week. So those are my personal foundational health habits that I keep weekly. This is all based on like what I think about day to day or week to week. And if I can't do that, I'm not going to like punish myself. So another part mindset wise to wellness resilience is you have to be graceful on you not being perfect. Arguably, this might be like the most important thing for you to practice amongst establishing the rest of this is that you have to give up the really super dogmatic approach of being like, I must hit everything perfectly or else I failed. And then I might as well just give up and I suck. Like what? No, (laughs) drop that thought pattern altogether because I've had a lot of clients over the years have that same exact approach. And they're the ones that just fail long-term in the first place because they never give themselves that grace where they understand that you don't have to be perfect every single week, every single year to achieve the health that you want and find a balanced life that supports long-term health and your current happiness and your current routine. Because life is constantly throwing curveballs. We can't expect everything to stay perfect. So how can you expect to stay perfect on your routine when life is going to be trying to make everything else imperfect constantly, right? So I would immediately identify whether or not you are a person who throws everything out the window when you are not being perfect and just gives up on yourself because you have to commit to yourself that you forgive yourself for not being perfect because perfection is A, never achievable and B, unrealistic because it's unachievable and C, not necessary to be successful. It's never necessary to be successful. Most people that are wildly successful in anything in life were never doing it perfectly. Trust me on that. (laughs) So don't hold yourself to that stupid standard. It's, I mean, it's literally, like I said, stupid standard. And it's something that is kind of honestly established, especially for females to make us continually feeling small and imperfect and needing to do better, needing to buy more, not good enough, you know, whatever keeps us small is where that concept came from. And it's dumb. So (laughs) please throw that perfection concept out the window as soon as possible. Come to terms with it. Let it go. It's fine. Because for myself, like 
when I'm talking about when I have crazy weeks, like I'll tell some of my clients, like I legitimately got one workout this week and that's okay. Like I used to do four to five workouts a week through college and my early twenties. And then I realized that like I was overtraining and at the same time, I was not listening to my stress cues and what my body really needed. If my body needs rest because I am doing too much in work or in life for whatever reason, and it takes away from my workouts, that's okay. I'm not doing bad because I'm not doing the workouts. I'm already doing more managing all this extra stuff. So if I have extra stuff going on on one side, I need to reduce on the other side. And reducing on the other side looks like not working out that week. And that's okay. And the next part to that is then I just go back to the gym the next week. I find the gaps in my schedule where I can fit it in and I get it done as if I didn't do anything, as if I didn't miss it last week, right? So getting to a place where that's a foundational mindset for you and staying resilient on, it doesn't matter if one week derailed me, I'm getting back on that horse. Like, um, maybe not, I don't love that term back on the horse because a lot of people always say that, but it's okay too, because I guess in, in the grand scheme, if you were to look at it as a metaphor, it's kind of like, oops, I'm falling off. Okay, I'm back on. I completely fell off. I'm back on. Whatever. The horse is still moving forward, right? So let's just say that that's the new metaphor that I do like <laughs> for that reason. And I just want to remind you that it's totally okay to constantly keep getting back on the horse because you're still getting back on and moving forward, right? You're not getting off the horse and just sitting there and waiting for another horse to run you over or something <laughs> like you're not going to win if you do that, but you will win if you just keep getting back on, you know? So I hope that gives you a little bit to contemplate on for yourself because it's very important that you understand that perfection is not necessary to make success for yourself. And it is not necessary to be well, to be healthy, you know? All of those things are accessible for you with or without being perfect. And whoever made up this like perfect routine in our heads that is like the utmost healthiest chick in the world that we all aspire to be is like little miss five workouts a week or six workouts a week and eats clean and drinks lots of water and sleeps every night, you know, and it's basically just a 21 year old fitness influencer in LA. Those people are not the utmost of health. A lot of the times they have not very good blood work and are looking down the line at like hormone imbalance because they're probably deficient and overtrained as well, or they're living in a very unrealistic life. I've seen both sides. So don't measure yourself against any of that. And none of that was ever necessary for you in your individual self with your individual ethnicity and upbringing and everything that makes you you. You don't need all of that arbitrary perfection to be successful with your wellness, you know. But to kind of put a bow on all of this for your own personal wellness resilience, today's talk is a little bit more of helping you identify it for yourself and think about it more deeply and then establish it for, for what you need in your life right now and what you think you can keep as your foundations for the long term. So I'm not going to give you like this big list or tell you perfectly what to do. I want you to figure that out on your own because that's what's going to stick. This is why like I don't make people meal plans <laughs> because people never follow meal plans. They might follow it for like a week or maybe a month until again, they quote unquote fall off the horse and then they give up altogether. 
And it's like, I just really would rather you figure out how to make what you currently enjoy and like to eat healthier so you can enjoy it and do better, you know, <laughs> and it's things that you already like. Um, but same thing goes for these wellness resilience techniques and habits because you have to establish what works the best for you. But you do need to find like these basic things like, you know, good seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night is the best sleep quality. I don't care what anybody else has ever said. All the sleep scientists, especially modern ones, say a resounding anything under seven and a half hours is not a full brain cycle and you're cutting yourself short. So make sure you do sleep long enough. And if you're getting older and you're having a harder time sleeping, you should really, really, really consider looking up better sleep hygiene habits to get your sleep length longer again, because once you lose it, you really lose it. Your brain starts to think, oh, I'm getting older. I'm not sleeping as long. I must not need to sleep as much. And this is where you start to get like early onset dementia. You don't store memories anymore as well, because you are not sleeping through a full brain sleep cycle. And the matter in your brain changes and gets smaller in a lot of different areas because it's not being recovered and or replenished because you also lose a lot of nutrients and things when you are underslept. So don't sleep on not sleeping. <laughs> Make sure you sleep and sleep as best as you can. And if anything, like I tell a lot of my clients who have stubborn fat problems or just horrible stress problems and things like that, if they can first figure out how to nail down better sleep quality, sometimes they already just start to shed inflammation and excess weight by sleeping better and better energy and all of that jazz. So that's why for me, it's literally the first thing I prioritize when everything else is out of control for myself. But that is a perfect way for me to remind you that practicing and implementing at least two or three stress management techniques for yourself is also really key for wellness resilience because you really want to have fallback things that keep you aligned, that can calm you down, help you de-stress because again, inevitable roadblocks are going to come up in life and stress you out. And if you don't have stress management techniques that you consistently implement daily or at least weekly in your back pocket, it's going to really derail you in general because it's just, again, it's inevitable. Like it's just bad things are going to happen in life. And if you can just get around them and reduce your stress as much as possible, whether it's through stress management techniques, or it's just mastering a mindset that everything is figure outable. I think it's Marie Forleo. She has that, she's kind of coined that phrase, but you have already figured out a bajillion things that you thought you would never figure out in the past, right? And you're here right now listening to this podcast. So odds are you can figure out anything else too. So reducing how much you freak out about stuff is really, 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 really key to staying resilient and getting more and more resilient as time goes on. All right, friend, I think that is going to wrap up today's chat. I hope this pep talk was good and kind of spoke to you. Um, hopefully I got through everything with some good clarity for you. I know there's like several little tangents in there, but um, it's, it's just an area that is more in depth than we sometimes might think. And I think it's really worth giving a good in-depth chat about it together. <laughs> but 
Okay, that's it for today's episode. And I would love for you to rate and review this podcast if you enjoyed it. And I just hope that you can celebrate your strength and nourishment, walk with confidence, and I will catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. you are still listening. Thank you for tuning in to our latest episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, I have some exciting news for you. So if you would love to join our newsletter group, you can join us on coachkales.com or you can join my stand store at stan.store backslash kales k-a-i-l-e-s and that's an awesome opportunity for you to snag some freebies that i've created including a macro hack grocery list that is going to help you kind of design a custom grocery list especially for following macronutrients because as you know If you didn't listen to my macros in May series, I would go back to those episodes because it has been a game changer for so many of our listeners for getting more on top of how to shape their physique and their health goals with the food they're eating. So don't sleep on that. Go get your free download. Or I also for fun have a little 14 day ab challenge that I actually have used with my clients and my clients have had some really surprising, amazing, well, surprising that only in 14 days, you can have such great progress with your core strength and your abdominal muscle tone in general. So that is also free on my stand store. So again, S-T-A-N, like Stan the man, stan.store backslash kills. And you can also join our newsletter from that. And if you would like to reach out to me, chat, maybe work together, you can also contact me through my website, coachkales.com. And I would absolutely love you to join our Rebel Wellness Podcast Instagram, which is at Rebel Wellness Podcast. And you can also join my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales. That's where it all began. That's where I share the most um, kind of custom to what I work on specifically with my clients on that page. So join that one. It's all feminine wellness focused and I share some great stuff, some goofy stuff, things that you just don't want to miss as well as healthy recipes and things and easy recipes because we all kind of need some easy grab and go things, don't we? So I would love you to join both those pages as you'll be joining a community of like-minded females who are all committed to living their best lives. So hit that follow button. And I would love if you felt the need to share and rate our podcast. We would love that. Anyways, thanks for listening. And I hope to catch you next Sunday or say hello on the gram.